Just a little warning before we begin that this series contains strong language and discussion of an adult nature, so may not be suitable for everybody. Welcome to Where Mama At in the Soul Bear Sessions series with me, Angela Smith. This series tells true life stories from extraordinary people who thrived after enduring extreme trauma and life challenges. And they're speaking out and bearing their souls, often for the very first time, to share their stories and offer hope to other people who are going through difficult situations. The special guest today, who over the next few episodes is going to be telling his incredible life story, is Terence Holloway. In fact, his story is so dramatic and so filled with incredible twists and turns that there's actually a movie being made about it. It's a story about growing up on the run from a drug gang, becoming a rap star and working with the likes of Tupac and Exhibit, looking for his homeless mother on the dangerous streets of Los Angeles, and even building an alter ego to escape his real identity after being a three-time victim of sexual abuse. Here are a few clips of what's to come in this episode. My mom always told me, even from a child, that your life is a movie. My mom went on the run with me and my brother. That's when my life started beginning there. So you're five years old, you've been sexually abused, you've been on the run, you're staying with your grandparents, and now you've been kidnapped. Yes. Do you remember the night when you started telling me your life story? I remember it really vividly. No, I don't. You don't remember? No, I remember. We were in the, on the deck. It was night and we were on the deck at the back of my old house. And you said to me, yeah, I've got a really interesting life story. And I thought, oh, everyone says that. And then you started dropping me little bits of it. And yeah. I was like, is this guy for real? And then I realised you were for real. Um... My mom always told me, even from a child, that your life is a movie. Every point in my life when I was with her. And that was even like as a kid. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, if your movie was out, it'd be a bestseller. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. kind of where, where it prompted. And I think that's kind of where it prompted with me and you because we were working on that. And then I wanted to actually bring my mom around you so you can feel that it was true. So you got yeah. the horse's mouth, you know what I'm saying? So And I did. I'm so glad that yeah. I met your mum that day. Yes. That was a day, wasn't it? Yes. Let's just summarise what's so great about this story. I mean, it covers so much ground, doesn't it? It covers it covers some really dark, dark subjects. It covers mental illness, alcoholism, homelessness. But it also has some really fun and light, moments in it too we have you morphing inventing a new character for yourself that you live in like an alter ego effectively yes a guy that wears furs and kind of struts around the street and is like a magnet for people who has a stripper pole in his barber shop mm-hmm. <laughs> um you also really brave in that you are very honest and open about being sexually abused multiple times when you were a kid, which is something that you'd rarely hear men talking about. Yeah. Um, and fundamentally, it's a story of, of triumph over adversity, isn't it? Yeah, I would I say think. that. I, I mean, what would that. you say? 
me actually talking about the story and getting it out, I can kind of see that. But before, it wasn't that. It was just something that I kind of pushed to the side. Right. You mean you didn't want to acknowledge what you'd been through? No, I acknowledged it. But, but you didn't? I didn't want to... I didn't want that to define who I was okay. because there's other things that I felt like was the reasons that defined me. So I didn't want the bad times to define who I was. Right. Well, isn't a character just like a patchwork quilt and there's just lots of different colours all over it and that is the sum of, of every person? Wouldn't you say, like, all the bad stuff contributes to who you are as well as all the good stuff? Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. that. I'd yeah. say you've got a really interesting, very colourful, very varied patchwork quilt of your life. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to before you were even born. Just set the scene for us. Tell us about your parents and the the place that, that they were living. We'll start with my dad. My um, My dad was the man. <laughs> he was the man in Los Angeles. Um, we're actually from South Central Los Angeles, which is um, in between the east side and the west side of Los Angeles. And he was like a big time drug dealer and he had girls, he had women. So my dad wore zoot suits, which is like real, real fancy suits, colorful suits and everything matched. So the suit would match the shirt, the shirt would match the tie, the tie would match the cufflinks, and you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wore a lot of jewelry and top hats and Stacey Adams shoes. It's kind of like the picture that you'll paint in the 70s where you'll see like the concerts and then like the pimps come in and like the hustlers come in. And so he was a hustler? No, he was a hustler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? What is a hustler? What is that? What's that mean? Um, he wasn't into the gang life and it wasn't really gangs at the time but he wasn't in the gang life but he hustled anything he would hustle you out of anything um my dad had uh a lot of a lot of fancy things fancy cars and he got it all from either stealing cars or selling dope or pimping women wow and that's what his three things was okay mm -hmm. and your mom my mom was a schoolgirl. Total, the, the total opposite of my father. So my dad used to go up to my mom's high school and pick up girls. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, he'll drive in his fancy car and go to the high school. And it was called, um, I think it was Bret Hart. Um, I remember the school. Yeah. Um, so he ended up meeting my mom. And my mom kind of changed my dad into, like, not a square kind of life, but like a one woman. But he still had his other women. But when he met my mom, he fell in love with my mom. And how old were they at that point? My mom was 16. My dad was 18. Oh, well, that's so young. I didn't know they were so young. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they got together and they were in a relationship. Yes. Okay. Yes. But your dad wasn't altogether faithful. No. 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 How did she manage with that? Whatever it was with them two, the love took over. And my dad really loved my mom outside of the women that he had. So my dad had multiple kids with other women. Mm -hmm. But um, when he met my mom, it was just like, like that was his one. So what they'll call it in the streets is like, that's my main woman. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was his main woman. And then they had a nickname called T&B. So they both had the tattoos of T&B. 
So my dad's name is Tyrone and my, my mom's name is Brenda. Okay. And your dad had a few kids before you came along, didn't he? Yes. My dad had four other boys. Right. And what were they called? Oh, uh, my uh, my dad's name is Tyrone and all of his kids are named Tyrone, except for myself. Myself. I'm, um, my name is Terrence. Every single child other than you that was a boy was called Tyrone? Yeah, we're called Tyrone. Yeah, so it's four. It was five Tyrones, including my dad. <laughs> Isn't that confusing for them? No, they all had nicknames. So it's Ty Ty, T Row, TB. It's like all nicknames. But he, what he wanted to do is he wanted to he wanted to have a generation of boys, and he wanted to keep all the initials the same. Why? What was the reason? That was just his thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was the only child, so he had he had boys, and he wanted he wanted all of them to have the same initials. So I have the same initials as my brothers. Right. But I have a different name. Okay. He didn't have any girls then. No. Okay. He didn't have any girls. Okay. So your brother, your full brother, came along called Tyrone mm-hmm. about five years before you came along. Is that five right? Five years. Okay. So your mum was pregnant with you, mm-hmm. and. Um, your life really took a turn. I can't say my life took a turn because that was the turn. That was my life. So it started when I was born. Yeah. Uh, my dad didn't come to the hospital. He was actually with another woman at the time. And um, my mom found out. She called the house. However, she found out, she found out that he was with somebody else. And um, While she was in the hospital giving yeah. birth to you. Yes, yes. So he didn't come to the hospital. He was there for my brother. Mm-hmm. He was there really for all the other ones but myself. Mm-hmm. They had went through a lot of turmoil in their relationship by the time that I was born, because they were they were actually now like um, twenty five ish. Mm-hmm. So they were like already like twenty five. So they've been together for like some years. Mm-hmm. So my mom had just had enough of the hustling and had enough of the drug life. Had enough of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he did used to um, he did used to beat my mom, and they had like they, it wasn't all peaches and cream. So were your mom and dad using drugs at this point? My mom didn't. My dad did. My yeah. dad My dad used to sniff cocaine. Right. Yeah. Would you say he was an addict or recreational user? What's the impression you've been given? Um, I would say he, he was an addict. Yeah. 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 I mean, at this point, you know what I'm saying? I would say he was an addict, yeah. but it was more about the party life. And But my dad partied every day. So I guess if you do it every day, then you're an addict. Right. Yeah. Okay. So your mom was in the hospital giving birth to you. Mm-hmm. And she tried to reach out to your dad, who was with another woman. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Um, he ended up wrecking her car. He had bought her a Trans Am. I, I'll never forget the story. He bought her a Trans Am and wrecked the car the day after I was born. And she still wasn't in contact with him. So um, what she did was she called the police. Um, she was fed up. So she called the police, basically trying to threaten him. She didn't know it was going to go too far. But um, the police, the integration from the police went too deep and they were already looking at my dad from stolen cars and they knew who he was and stuff like that. So it was kind of like they got him and they got somebody that snitched. So she was really only calling the police because he'd wrecked her car and then they pushed her into giving information about his drug dealing. No, no. She was telling (laughs) <laughs> she was telling, but she didn't know that everything was going to be at the house that day. <laughs> like, so she just spent her, her goal was to just give him a bit of a fright. A, a scare. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought that she just wanted them all to be locked up. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh. No, it just so happened that everybody was there. Everybody was partying. The cocaine was there. The stolen. Um, when what the, ha- when the police went round to bust. Yeah, when the police came to the house. Yeah. So what what she did is she called the police, and then the police picked her up. Um, I was in the back seat on my brother's lap. My brother remembers it very well. So I was just born. So you know, I'm telling the story through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on my brother's lap in the back seat, and then my mom pointed out the house. The police raided the house and then took everybody to jail. So basically, they took maybe like about eight to ten people to jail that day. It was everybody that was part of my dad's drug ring. Wow. And how do you think she felt? She was scared. Right. Okay. Was she glad that they all got arrested and sent off to jail? Or did she think, "Uh uh-oh, I've gone a bit too far? No, she was glad. She told me the story. So she was glad that they got arrested because her main thing, she told me that at least they're not doing drugs no more. That was the main thing. Oh, so she, she was really was, concerned about that. She was worried about your dad then, doing too many drugs. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. The drugs altered my dad's thinking because he was partying and he was, you know, with different women. So it was kind of like she blamed it on the drugs, but that's how my dad was. Right. Like, that's how my dad was for years. I always thought it was revenge. I thought she was so mad with him that she wanted him to get arrested. So this, I'm learning something here. So actually it was because she was scared that he was going to die. No, no, she was. She didn't want him to mess with women and party no more. Right, she okay. wanted, she's <laughs> seen a different part of my dad. That's yeah. why she stayed with him for so long. She's seen the good in my dad. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of good in him. You know what I'm saying? He was really for the community. He helped out a lot of people. He was a real good, he had a real good soul. But um, that was her way of getting back at him also. So it was both. Right. Yeah. So what happened immediately after they'd all been carted off to jail? Um, my mom went on the run with me and my brother because so, she was scared that something was going to happen to her, myself, or my brother. So she went on the run, and uh, that's when my life started beginning now. Okay. Yeah. So life on the run. Yeah, the first thing that my mom did is go to my grandmother's house, which is her mom. Mm-hmm. And she went to say goodbye to her. And at the time, my grandmother was very, very sick. She had cancer, so she was on a deathbed. My grandmother passed away in February, and I was born in January. I was born in, on January 24th, and she passed away at the end of February, after, right after my mom's birthday. Okay, so she only knew you for a month. Yeah, she, she was able to hold me once. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Well, that's mm-hmm. really sad. Mm-hmm. And your mum's mum was pretty instrumental in, in persuading her to call the cops. Yes. She, yeah, yeah, she didn't like my dad. No. Yeah, she didn't like my dad no. at all. <laughs> With hindsight, do you think she regret she regretted doing that? I don't think she did. She regretted it. Really? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Even though the way things, things transpired, turned out. really? I don't think that she regretted it. We'll be right back continuing the conversation with Terence after these quick messages from our sponsors. From the same company that brought you this series, there are three new podcasts that we strongly recommend. 
The first one is a true crime series called Framed for Murder, the case of Matthew Turner. It's a really harrowing and quite intriguing true crime series about a guy who's now 32 years old and he spent the last 14 years in prison for a crime that all the evidence suggests he did not commit. The series, available as a podcast or on video, follows his legal team as they reinvestigate the case and fight for his exoneration in real time. If you're a true crime fan, it's absolutely not to be missed. On a totally different note, we've got a podcast about online dating called Accidentally MILF Online Dating Adventures After 50 with Angel Bliss. The podcast has already won nine awards and if you listen to it, you'll understand why. Oh my goodness, the scrapes and the stories that are told in this podcast are absolutely hilarious. It is brilliant fun and is highly, highly recommended. And for music fans everywhere, Paul Ryder, the legendary bass player of Manchester Legends Happy Mondays, who sadly passed away in July 2022. Well, he has a brand new series coming out, available as a podcast or on video called The Paul Ryder Tapes, Sex, Drugs, Happy Mondays and Me. You see, in the months leading up to his death, he sat down with me and told his whole life story in absolute depth revealing lots of secrets about Happy Mondays. And he also talks about his own drug addiction, his own struggles with mental health. And there are lots of really funny and special anecdotes and cool guests such as Paul Oakenfold, Peter Hook, Clint Boone, and many, many other big names from the music world. So that's the Paul Ryder tapes coming soon. Please check that one out as well. Tell me about the next two or three years, what what happened? The first couple years, uh, my mom had stole some of my dad's money. Well, not even some of No, my dad had money in different places, so you can say she stole some of the money. So she had enough money to actually, um, I would say, keep her feet wet. <laughs> um, so what she did is she started living in motels. And and she lived in the motels on the outskirts of Los Angeles. So it'll be motels that she'll find because she was scared that people were looking for her. Mm-hmm. So um, the outskirts of Los Angeles are like more of the suburb type of areas. And were people looking for you? Yes. And yes. What, were they trying to, what would they have done if they'd found her? You never know. Mm. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. She could have been killed. Like, something could have happened to me. Something could have happened to my brother. Like, mm. you never know. Okay. Yeah. So the first couple of years, she went from motel to motel. And what's your first earliest memory? Um, one of my earliest memories is um, going to the hospital and getting the braces on my feet. Okay. Well, why did you need braces? Um, when I was born, I was born feet first, and the doctors uh, had to break my legs coming out. And it was really my left leg. So my left leg was damaged. And I, I ended, they thought I was boat-legged which is like kind of common, mm-hmm. but um, I couldn't really stand up. So I can walk a little bit, but I would always fall. I would be able to take a couple of steps. So when it was time for me to actually walk, um, I walk a couple of steps and I would always fall. So my mom had to uh, take me to the hospital and figure out what was going on. So they had to put braces and then they had to put a screw on my left foot. Um, and it wasn't in my foot, but it was in a correctional shoe. 
So I had one correctional shoe and then I had braces on, on my legs and one in the middle. And how old were you at this point? I was probably like about three-ish. Mm. You know, how did it four, feel? Four, three. Did you have a, a sense of stigma about that? Or did you not mind that you had braces on your legs? Like, how did you feel about that? Did it affect you? Um, later on, it affected me. But at that time, it didn't. Because I was able to move around, I used to get frustrated a lot because I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. So that would be, a, uh, I would say that helped me out. Okay. Yeah. Do you have memories of your first elementary school? Yes, I do. I do. Um, it was a school in Glendale, California. That was the first memory of the elementary school that I had. And um, I used to get picked on a lot because I used to wear a lot of hand-me-down clothes. So, like, my clothes were from, like, the Salvation Army and stuff like that. So it was like, and, and I had the braces and I stuttered a lot. So I had a real problem stuttering, so I didn't want to talk because I would get picked on. Have you ever figured out why you were stuttering? Did you ever come to any conclusion about that? No, I didn't. No, um, nobody knew. Nobody had an answer for me. Um, When I first started actually talking, it happened then. Mm -hmm. So... What did your mother say to you? My mom said that my mind was moving faster than my mouth. And did you feel that that was the case? Yes, so I used to just be quiet and let my mind wander. Oh, so it actually made you kind of mute? Yes, it did. Did you feel kind of isolated when you when you were in that position? You got braces on your feet, you're not really talking. Like, what, what was going on in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I did. I felt, um, I, I was a loner. I felt by myself, mm. especially when it was time to go to school. Even at home, like, I was a loner. Mm. Yeah. I didn't have too many friends, so I would always pick one friend. And then at that at that point, too, I was living in motels, so um, I've never been in one school for the full school year. Oh, wow. Ever. Until, until I was wow. maybe like 16. So we, would you say you were a sad child? No, I was a happy kid, but I was by myself. I make the best out of my own time. Did you have a stigma over living in a motel, or did, it, did you not realize that that wasn't? The norm. I didn't have a problem about living in motels until I got into maybe like about second grade. That's mm. when the teasing got really, really bad. Oh, people teased you because of it? Yeah, yeah. Because I used to tell people, my mom used to manage motels. Right. So that was, that was like my lie to people. And no one believed you? They believed me until about second grade. Right. When we used to have to walk home and they'll see that, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't true. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you think your mother chose to live in motels rather than getting a small apartment? The cost and she couldn't be found. She right. can move somewhere fast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, well, I mean, because it's probably more expensive in the long run, isn't it, to pay by the night for a place? Not back then. Motels were cheap. Yeah. That's why it was motels, not hotels. Oh, Very see. big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about you, your brother and the relationship with him when you were four or five years old. My brother was the only child for five years, so he got everything. So when I got there and I had problems, the uh, I would say the attention was off of him and onto me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that he didn't like. So in the beginning, he used to act out for attention. Right. So that's the reason why he started doing, like, he started doing certain kind of things. And then he would act out for attention 
around my mom, but my mom was only there for certain periods of time because she used to sometimes have to work two jobs to kind of take care of us. So I would be in the care of my brother. So that's when the teasing started happening. Okay. What kind of jobs was your mom doing at this point? Uh, my mom, she used to do makeup. So she worked at Macy's and then she had a temp, uh, she used to do the temp agencies where they would put her in positions for a couple of weeks and then she'll go to other positions. Mm -hmm. But her main thing, she used to do makeup at Macy's. Mm -hmm. She actually she... used to do Patti LaBelle's makeup. Oh, mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. How was she coping financially with two kids? She did the best thing that she could. But yeah, it was a struggle the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So one summer, she decided that you could go and stay with your grandparents, your dad's actual mum and dad, for the summer. Tell me about that. Yeah, she um, she couldn't really do for us and for herself at one period of time. So she reached out to my grandparents on my father's side, which is my dad's mom and dad. And she wanted them to take care of us for the summer while she can actually get her money up. Was that difficult for her to reach out? Were they mad with her as well for making their son end up in jail? No, my grandparents were very religious and very forgiving, so they're really they were they're really uh really sweet people. So they didn't they didn't have a bad bone in their body that I seen. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like a bad thing for my mom to reach out for them and for them to actually take me and my brother, the two mm -hmm. boys. What job was your grandfather doing at that point? My grandfather is a minister, and he still is. My grandfather was a minister. Um, he had his own church at that time. Well, yeah, he had his own church at that time. And he comes from a long line of ministers and bishops and a very religious mm -hmm. family. Tell me um, that. We had two bags packed. I had a bag, and my brother had a bag. She went to the church parking lot, and then she just told us to go into church and go see our grandparents. And my grandmother and my great-grandmother used to sit in the back of the church. So when I walked into church, they automatically came to me. And it was like a point where I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know everybody. I didn't I didn't really know anybody. And um, it, they just opened me, me welcome arms. How did that feel? Um, I didn't want to leave. It felt like the best feeling, like I didn't want to leave. So you loved being at your grandparents' yeah, house? Yeah, I loved being with them, not just at the house, just with them. Mm -hmm. It was a different kind of structure. What did it feel like being in an actual house as opposed to being in a motel room? It wasn't really about being in an actual house than a motel. It was how they treated me. I was treated like a little kid. With my mom, I wasn't treated like a little kid. What were you treated like by your mom? Um, I used to have to like fend for myself with my mom because my mom was never there. So cooking, cleaning, um, just the extra things that like, I felt like I wasn't capable of doing, I didn't have to do with my grandparents. What kind of things struck you as being nice that you didn't get when you were at home? For one, my brother couldn't tease me no more. What would happen if he did? My grandfather would punish him. My grandfather, like nobody could mess with me around my granddaddy. My granddaddy took me in. Mm -hmm. Like nobody can mess with me. Mm -hmm. And it was like more of a, uh, it was like a safe haven being with my grandfather. Mm -hmm. yeah. I went from like eating noodles and hot dogs, just like a bun and a, and a hot dog to eating steak, rice, beans, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like real dinners to where I was preparing like noodles, just water noodles and and whatever kind of sauce that she leave out. 
You know what I'm saying? So it was a lot, it was a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. I went from water to juice. And your great grandmother was in the house at the time. Tell me about her. Yeah, my great grandmother, um, she was like the structure of the whole family there. So my great grandmother used to be a slave. And she used to like she wore that on her shoulders to let you know that she made it out of that. And it and it came from her mom. So uh, she was the one that brought everybody from Houston, Texas. And she was a house one of the house slaves in Houston, Texas. So she wasn't treated like the outside. She was treated a little bit better, but she was still a slave. Wow. And what kind of stories did she used to tell you about that? Um my grandmother wasn't bitter because she she explained to me that she had no choice in the life that she had to live. Her choice came afterwards and the slave owners actually gave her a choice. So she wasn't bitter. So, so they let her go once once like slaves was free. And she it was a little bit after that, but they let her go instead of um, keeping her there until a certain period of time. She wasn't the one that got beat, but she was the one that used to see the people get beat. Did she tell you that when you were a young child or did yes. that come out in, in no, later? No, she used to tell me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She how told me that, these stories. How did that make you feel as a child? It didn't make me feel no ill will because she didn't come off like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Her reason, her reasoning was different because if that wouldn't happen, she wouldn't been in California. I wouldn't have been born. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So she looked at the positive sides of it. So when she told me these things, it was the positive side of being a slave. Like a lot of people hear the negative sides of it. But when you live it, you have to look at a better outcome. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll be bitter. Some people are bitter about this, and I'm not. Was she born into slavery or? Yeah, she was. My great-grandmother was, So she yes. knew no other life until no. her daughter was pregnant. Yes. And that's when they let her go. Uh -huh. How old were you when she passed away? Uh, I don't keep them dates in my head. Hmm. So I don't know. I was, I was well off in my 20s, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was well off in my twenties. She seen me through. Um, she seen me through high school, and it was a little bit after high school. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all great experiences at that house, was it? You had a particularly bad experience one day. Yes, um, it was shortly after I got there the first time, and um, I was like, I was five years old, and. My brother puts it on his chest because he knows it and he tells me the story over and over again. And it's a story that I can't remember, but I don't remember every detail, but my brother tells me every detail, so I know every detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, we lived in South Central Los Angeles where the street that my grandmother lived on was the street where all the gangsters lived on. And when I say all the gangsters, like they lived across the street, they used to hang out at, actually across the street, directly across the street from my grandmother's house. And my older brother, he was a part of the gang, so he used to be with the other guys. Like he was, he was a part of this gang. Um, so one day, when I, when I, when um, we were going outside, my grandmother told my brother to uh, make sure that he watches me because you know that he was kind of interested in going across the street too. And they used to always tell me, "Don't go across the street." Uh, if you tell my brother, "Don't go across the street," he's gonna go across mm -hmm. the street. That's just how he was. Um, so he went across the street. They were hanging out. And then they started teasing me and um uh like they'll they'll uh they'll push me and then laugh at me getting up and stuff like that. So one of the guys was like, I'm a, I'm gonna make him a man. Did you still have your braces on at this point? Yes. And I still how had, old were you? I was five years old. I had my yeah. braces on, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I still was stuttering very bad. 
I do remember the old, it was an old guy, like older gangster dude that was really, really big, really, really big in muscles. And they were drinking, um, they were drinking old English 40 ounces. I'll never forget. And then um, he said, I'm going to make him a man today. And everybody was kind of like up under my dad. So they were like, oh, my dad, little homie. So everybody was kind of scared of my dad when my dad was in jail at this time. So, um, and he said it to my brother too, like to both of us, like I'm making a man today. And then, um, I remember my brother going to the back with two of them. And then my brother came back out and then my brother was with them. Like he was itching it on with them. Like, okay, it's your turn. And I didn't know what was going on. So I'm scared of these guys. So I just went to the back. And, um, when I went to the back, it was a girl in the back. And she was drunk and it was cocaine. And it was like, it was like she was drunk sitting on a, on a couch. It was like a, a, a big couch, a table, a weight set. And um, she was sitting on the couch. And then I remember her telling, telling me, come here, baby. So I walked over to her. Because mind you, I'm scared. And I'm only five years old. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just walking over. I walk over to her. And then I hear them close the door. And then she pulled down my pants and started playing, playing with my private parts. Yeah. And it was just like that. Did she say anything to you? Hmm? Oh, the she... first thing she said is, come here, baby. And then I had to walk to her. I walked to her. And then the door closed. And she pulled down my pants. And I was standing in front of her. And she started playing with my private parts. And what did you say? I just started crying. I didn't say anything because I was, I was stuttering. So I was mute. And what did she do when you started crying? None. She just wiped my tears away. And when she was finished, she pulled my pants up and slapped me on the butt. And I went and opened up the door, and I ran outside. And I failed when I ran outside because I had my braces. I couldn't. I couldn't run fast. So her attitude to the whole thing was that it was just a laugh, just a bit of fun. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was the little joke. Yeah. And at the time, what what was going through your head? Um, at that time, I just wanted to get to where my grandfather was. So my grandfather wasn't at home, so I ran in the house and. Um, I ran into my great grandmother's room and closed the door and then just started screaming in the pillow. I used to do that a lot. Like I used to just scream in the pillow and that would that way I wouldn't stutter. Like if I scream, I don't stutter. So I just scream and scream and scream. Screaming words? No, just screaming. No words, just screaming. Yeah. So um, my great grandmother came in and I wouldn't say nothing. Um, I didn't say anything. Um, My great grandmother came in and then she kind of rubbed me down. And we just, she just talked to me and stuff like that, but I never said nothing. What do you think she would have done if you told her? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't want to leave. So I felt like if I told her, I'm going back to my mama house. And if I told her, then my brother's going to beat me up. And if I told her these gangsters outside, is you know what I'm saying? It was just like I was in a situation where I couldn't say nothing. Mm. Did you think about it a lot after that? Nope. You just kind of buried it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it messed you up? Not that one, no. No. Mm-mm. Another time at the house, another really traumatic thing happened to you. Do you want to tell us about that? And this is within the same time frame too, so it's probably like about, you know, maybe like a month later. Oh, so it was the same visit. Yeah, the same time frame. I didn't I didn't yeah. leave and come back. It was the same time frame. Right. Um my grandparents gave me some money, go outside to the ice cream truck and just go hang out. Just go hang out outside. And then um my brothers and them went out with the guys across the street 
And then it was a one one dude that actually was outside, and he was like one of the gangsters that that I used to see around, but I just didn't, I didn't really know, or I didn't say nothing to him. He asked me, "Did I want something from the ice cream truck?" So I said yes, because I wanted to keep the money that my grandparents gave to me. So um, we went to the ice cream truck. He bought me some candy and bought me a uh, a strawberry shortcake uh, ice cream cone, and then. Um, he had he grabbed my hand and he said, walk with me. So we walked down the street and um, I didn't really say too much because I was always kind of quiet. You know what I'm saying? I was a really quiet kid, so I didn't say too much. So I'm thinking that, I mean, we're on my, we're on the same block as my grandparents. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to walk with this guy. Um, so we walked we walked to his house. And then right when we got inside, I remember him picking me up and then chokeholding me. And then he put his hand, he like he picked me up from the front and then he put his hand over my mouth and he threw me in a closet and the closet had a lock on it. And he locked the door in the closet and I had the ice cream. I remember I had the ice cream in my hand and I just started crying and crying and crying. Was it pitch dark in the closet? Yes, it was. And small. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, I didn't know what was going on at that point. I, I had no idea. Did he say anything to you as he was doing that? No, um, I remember him talking about my mom, but I couldn't, I couldn't make out the words because it was like, I couldn't really make out the words. So I, I can't even say exactly what he said. So you're five years old, you've been sexually abused. You've been on the run. You're staying with your grandparents and now you've been kidnapped. Yes. And you're locked in a closet in the dark. Yes. I feel really traumatised, really, just <laughs> listening to it all again. It's really brave of you to to share all this. Yeah. How, would, how do you feel sharing it all? I don't mind. I don't mind because I don't look at myself as damaged. Well, when we come back next time, we're going to find out what happened next. Thank you for sharing this. Mm-hmm. On the next episode, Terence continues his incredible life story as he talks about being kidnapped and held hostage, as well as his mother's decline into mental illness. I remember him coming to the door and uh, he grabbed me and took me straight to the front door and my mom was outside screaming. What was she saying? Um, she was she was screaming, she was screaming, where's my motherfucking son? And uh, she was like, I'll kill you. And she had a knife in her hand. My sister, when she was born, um, she had a lump in her nose. Uh, and we don't know what it was about, but my mom was then going through her mental stages. So she thought that my sister had, uh, had um, like a bug planted in her. Please visit our website at wheremamaat.com or soulbearsessions.com where you'll find links to all of our socials as well as information about resources that might be useful to you if some of the things that we've talked about today have resonated with you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate a review and please tell your friends about the series and help spread the message that no matter how grim a situation may seem, there are others who have gone through something similar and have made it through. Thank you so much for listening. 
It really, really means the world to us and we look forward to having you with us again next time. Have a great day and thank you. This series was brought to you by Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith. Associate producer was Sarah Walters. Editing was by Terence Holloway and Richard Hayward. Cameras by Richard Venti. Sound recording was by Marty Black. And the executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. Glistening Productions. <laughs>